Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to another episode of All Good in the Brotherhood, and I guess in this case, All Good in the Cathood. Uh, if you're listening, um, there's a cat that is moving its way through on our laps. Um, and if you're watching us, as you can see, uh, this cat really likes philosophy. That's why she's here. Um, yeah, um, I am Brother Francisco, and joining me today are my brother and, for the first time, sister-in-law, um, Tom and Johanna. How are you guys doing today? Good, brother. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice snowy day here in western Pennsylvania, so. Yeah, yeah uh, they made me drive out here because they didn't want to. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. No, we're I wanted in, to. We're not in the basement. That's a plus, right? Yeah, yeah, we're not right. In the scary, shady Whitaker basement. We tried. We're the first floor today. We've done the basement. We did their garage. Yeah. Now we finally upgraded to the living room. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. And the kids are sleeping, which is key. And so, we're in the world. yeah. Um, so just to like start, um, what, how did you guys, I, I love the story of their, their meeting because it, um, should, from the woman's perspective, should not be repeated. Um, like the kind Fair of, enough. but, um, yeah, uh, as you'll see in a second. A little um, Russian roulette. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> resulting in marriage. Yeah, it's just what? How? How? How are you guys? Uh, how did you guys meet, and what's the story behind that? Well, there's there's a couple sides to it, so I can tell mine first. Um, so I went to Grove City College, um, and so did Tom, coincidentally, but we didn't know each other there because he had graduated a few years prior. Um, so it was my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And um, I had just come back to campus in January after winter break. Um, and I was getting ready to go to mass on Sunday. And it had slipped my mind that the um, the van to mass wouldn't be running yet because it was before the semester started. Mm -hmm. And so I realized this about 15 minutes before mass starts. And um, the church is about like a mile and a half or two from campus. And so I figure if I really hoof it, I can make it there on foot before mass starts, which was a stretch. But um, so I, I struck out um, on uh, on the sidewalks and I'd gotten about halfway probably. I was yeah. like, yeah, like a mile in. Um, and then I see a car stop at the intersection just ahead of me. And um, this like this middle-aged guy gets out who I did not recognize. Um, but he's like dressed in a suit. So it wasn't like a totally sketchy scenario. <laughs> Um, Except that car was pretty old. That Honda Accord is what? Yeah. Is it 2001? Oh, it was the Honda? Yeah, that was My observation skills weren't phenomenal. I was in the old Honda. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, Does um, that make, that, uh, I thought for some reason it was the van. Nope. No, that would be worse. <laughs> that actually well, except be. the vans actually looked newer than the 2001 Honda I think Honda it would Accord. still be worse. Fair enough. Anyway, um, <laughs> so this car that I did not recognize and this man that I did not recognize stop at the intersection ahead of me and the guy gets out. Myself, not growing up in Grove City, I don't know if I'm supposed to keep walking and ignore them or turn around and run. Um, so I kind of just steady, <laughs> steady my pace for a second. Um, and so the guy says, are you, are you on your way to Mass? And that gave me another second to pause because like majority of Grove City is not Catholic. Yeah. So if you're asking that question, you're probably also going to Mass. So I said yes. And then he asked, do you want to ride? And I'm like... Sure. Why not? What could go wrong? <laughs> so I get up to this car, which that's the part that shouldn't be repeated by... um. What could go wrong? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, don't do that. But uh, so I get up to this car and I get and go go open the back seat. Um, and they're sitting a, a younger gentleman and another several years younger gentleman. Um, and so they scooch over to make room for me. And I sidle into the back seat. Um, and I'm kind of praying that um, the elder of the two gentlemen does not try to shake my hand because I had just been speed walking for a mile and I was super sweaty. Hmm. Um, and of course, he turns to me with like the car handshake and say, hi, I'm Tom. Uh -huh. Anyway, Which is so already that, an awkward thing to do. And that's where I've been good. like, hey, yep, bye. <laughs> the car door was closed at that point, oh, so okay. there was no going back. Um, she was all in already. Yeah. So that was um, that was my beginning of that side of the story. Yep. Yeah, I'll go back to the night before, which was kind of just fun context for the whole why this even happened, potentially. So for that Christmas, I'd gotten our dad, um, who was the, uh, um, I'll say, the uh, the, the you know well-dressed but middle-aged man that got out of the car to invite Johanna. That's into, an important detail. So yeah, that's that's our dad, 
Um, and uh, But yeah, so my dad and I had gone to a Cleveland Cavaliers and San Antonio Spurs game the night before out in Cleveland, mm-hmm. um, which was a Christmas present uh, for my dad. And um, sorry, I'm about to sneeze, I think. Of course, <laughs> as soon away. as you say you're about to sneeze, you're not going to sneeze. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't. That's a great way to save yourself from sneezing. I didn't know that. Um, I know tapping like right under your nose. No, it's just like... That. I think you're making stuff up. Making, making it known never when you're going to sneeze is a great way to stop. <laughs> so, but anyway, so yeah, so dad and I had gone to Cleveland the night before and our GPS stopped working um, maybe on about a, 20, 30 minutes on the way back. Um, and neither of us know... you know cleveland area part of ohio very well so we were kind of lost and so i think we had to pull off to get like a usb charger or something but we also we just ended up going in the wrong way um and it probably took us an extra hour maybe even an hour and some change to get home so we didn't get back till closer to like two no i don't think i knew that yeah it was like (laughs) 2 a.m or 3 a.m and i would have at the time i was living in arlington virginia so normally when i would come home for the weekend to grove city from arlington I wanted to go to 8 o'clock mass so I could make sure I hit hit the road to get back to Arlington a reasonable time. Mm-hmm. We got back so late that I was like, let's go to 11 o'clock mass. Dad was tired too. So we normally, the Whitaker family, normally weren't 11 o'clock mass folks. We were 8 a.m. But we went to 11 a.m. that day. And myself and, as a college student never went to 8 a.m. mass. Uh-huh. So that was my norm. Yep. So it was just kind of a neat little thing that happened. I, I, I like to say our, our guardian angel, uh, my dad and I's guardian angels got us lost that previous <laughs> night because otherwise I wouldn't have met Johanna. So. And then the third part of the story is that um, uh, the the mom in this scenario, Mrs. Whitaker, mm-hmm. um, had recognized me from campus because she would pop on for um, for like Newman Club meetings. Um, so I knew I knew her. She knew me, and um, she she was the one that recognized me walking on the side of the road and told her husband to pull over and offer mm-hmm. me a ride. Mm-hmm. So she's got a key play in there that she we is, can't yeah, really yeah, ignore. She is super clutch. And actually, the funny part is she she kind of turned around a little bit and said she's a very nice young woman, which like wasn't like like it was like a, just a hair out of like the norm. I feel like for mom, like yeah. mom didn't do too much like kind of coaching in that sense. Some moms um, are very strong. Yeah, in that some moms category. strong arm, and mom was very gentle in in the right sort of way mm-hmm. in that. Um, but yeah, she actually did. She did say something, and I don't, I don't even know if it was like meant. I don't think it was necessarily even directed. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I'd have to ask mom. But she did say something to that line. She's a very nice young young woman or something like that. So like, okay. You know. <laughs> but you know, the, the fun the fun like and this is like the, the easily the cheesiest part, except for the, the part after it. Easily the cheesiest part of this whole thing. I told Johanna this a couple times. Because I literally looked out the window and just like I had this like little to be fair, you know, I was twenty five year old dude and I was like, I'd love to get married. This would be great if I get married. And I sort of mm-hmm. look out, it's like, wow, she's very she's very attractive. I wonder if that's my future wife. Like I actually one hundred percent thought that. Great. Yeah, like I it sounds like the cheesiest hallmark garbage you've sounds ever Sounds like think. a bit of retrospection. What's it also might, but a it, detail it is that true. I also is funny is that so they went to mass. When they actually got to mass, you and you split off, right? You didn't even sit with them. Oh yeah, I didn't know what to do. So as soon as we stepped in the church door, I like escaped and pretended like I had escaped. to go to the bathroom because I didn't want to like awkwardly just sit with this nice family who'd given me a ride and and be that person. So I. Uh, but I, I yeah I ran away. Then after mass, Tom and Johanna started like just chatting because they were gonna give her a ride back to campus, presumably. Hopefully. And then um, another family friend of ours actually came up to them and asked if they were dating yeah and you know and tom you right you said like oh well we well, asked if, if i was his girlfriend yeah. oh and i just said no nope, new friend new friend so yeah, yeah. it was a decent save yeah it was, a, it was a great way to diffuse the situation yeah so yep thank you mr cook for planting the seed <laughs> yeah the, the inception there um so. so I came back to my dorm that day with lots of stories to tell my roommate. Yeah. And I so, went back to Arlington with the same. And one, one of my roommates is like, oh, yeah, you should totally. And I see, I, I had already graduated. So I was kind of like, well, she's still a student. Like, I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's like a little bit a little bit odd. Maybe I shouldn't reach out. But my one of my roommates is like, dude, you should uh, you should totally message her. I was like, OK, I will. <laughs> so, yeah. Turned and out. then, the, yeah, the rest <laughs> is history. Um, so as they say, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, I mean pretty cool i don't i don't but, mind it you know yeah of the oh, two also, actually yeah I think sam I like was it. not there in this scenario that yeah. was that was nate who was the other other uh participant in the car yeah. so sam missed out on this till like weeks later mm-hmm. yeah actually well i don't yeah i didn't meet you until probably the summer almost March. at that 
No, we went. I came back to go climbing, climbing. Yeah. one time. Yep, yep. And we With Mel actually, and Greg and the views. Yeah, and we didn't talk the entire time. We literally nope. were leaving the place. <laughs> and Johanna's like, "So you're Tom's brother, right?" I said, "You're the other Whitaker." I'm like, "Yeah." And we and I said, "Yep, I'm Sam." I'm like, "Cool, I'm Johanna." I'm like, "Sweet, probably I'll never talk to you again." <laughs> and then literally you guys stuck with me. That was it. And then yeah, then Johanna was there over the summer, so she Hi. had to come to our house all the time. All the time. <laughs> I mean, you did come to several meals at our house during the week. Oh, which that's true. Was actually yeah. for uh, for me, it was refreshing because um, I don't know, just like well, she just it was fit into the family yeah. pretty I'm well. I'm okay. I was the, the first thing that impressed me about Johanna was her frisbee skills. I do have them. Um, we were playing. Actually, I think it was the the day you officially asked her out. Yeah, it was. Um, yep. We were at this. Grove City has this yearly. Uh, summer festival called the strawberry days and um we were out at this park at the place and um we brought a frisbee because we literally bring a frisbee pretty much everywhere yep and uh tom had passed it to johanna and i you know try not to be sexist here but i took a couple extra steps forward presuming she couldn't launch it that far Uh and then she just sails it over my head and i just remember thinking to myself like dang like tom like definitely like talk to this chick like <laughs> i mean if if a girl could throw a frisbee that i'm that far like i'm i'm 100 in support of this you get the oh, check yeah. mark yep. yeah it's so. definitely pretty key yeah. either that or volleyball frisbee or volleyball yeah yeah which you yeah, have showed your own in volleyball too. too yeah you yeah you both have had to work on that but hey you're I'm trying but you're along. adaptable and you're willing to learn unlike some people who i know I'm not referring to anyone you guys know. I'm just thinking abstractly. No, Anyways, names. no one specific for sure comes to mind. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I thought it would be kind of cool to... I, so I just got back from the SEEK conference uh, out in St. Louis, um, which, yeah, amazing. 20,000 Catholic young people there was there for the vocation office. Just got to yeah talk to a bunch of dudes and um, had times for keynotes and then of course as is the key for most of these big retreats or festivals or concerts or not concerts conferences or yeah. whatever um is the peak night is adoration night mm-hmm. so they all should be have you know the pinnacle when of... it's it's always wednesday for some reason right uh, so wednesday night adoration mm-hmm. in the st louis rams old football stadium oh, yeah. and Let's they go. process with the eucharist around like all the bleachers it was like they went up to That's another awesome. levels and just wow. it was mm-hmm. yeah I mean, it was two hours it was huh. fantastic but probably I, the best use of that stadium that it's ever had oh yeah you know yeah absolutely <laughs> they're gonna start winning Jesus games now well you know the st louis rams aren't like they're not in st it's louis okay. anymore it's it okay. Uh, okay okay it counts okay fair enough <laughs> i just i just kind of needed you to know that thank you um, i appreciate the information so um but uh yeah so it just you know, I had a. It, was, it reminded me mm-hmm. of my first Seek conference mm-hmm. back in 2017, mm-hmm. uh, where I had just like an extraordinary experience in prayer, mm-hmm. and it made me realize that um, we don't really share our experiences of prayer very often, mm-hmm. um, or if we do, it's with like a few people. And I just having worked with students in the past, or just you know in conversations with people, um, prayer is. Obviously, it's one of the most necessary things, if not like the most necessary thing we do with our life. Yep. Um, but it's obviously one of the most challenging. And sometimes the thing that encourages me to keep on praying is hearing other people's accounts of mm-hmm. how the Lord does touch them in prayer. To recognize like, okay, even if I'm not feeling very in touch with the Lord right now, or if my prayer is very dry, I at least am encouraged to know that these things are possible, right? Yeah. So I thought we could just spend some time today talking about our own experiences of prayer and maybe highlight one or two particular like powerful prayer experiences that's fair um i know one for you for sure joe well it's the one you want to bring up but when we were at the ignite Mm -hmm. retreat together um and i know i have a couple and the reason i wanted to have you on to utam is because it's actually wild but we've talked about a lot of things but one thing we've not actually talked about is prayer which is just kind of like wild and i'm a monk so it's dumb that we haven't but um (laughs) it's easier to talk about volleyball or frisbee that's true or star wars or yeah or in case of nate philosophy yeah Mm -hmm. um so yeah um so do either of you want to to start johanna as you the first maybe the true the the guest guest if you would like to start as i should be Mm -hmm. um 
Yeah, so like Sam mentioned, um, the Ignite Retreat is an annual um, annual retreat put on by the St. Vincent um, Student Ministry, and um, I was totally unfamiliar with it, and then Sam had reached out. Um, Sorry, um, yeah, go ahead. on the podcast we try to call me Brother Francisco. Sorry. If you can, it's okay. I will try. I know, he's try. Tom's pretty bad at it too, so yeah. I, I won't. It's hard to recode my brain. <laughs> yeah, so anyways. <laughs> Brother Francisco, one and the same. But at um, the time I was Sam, so yes. you're, you're right. Yeah, see, retroactive. Yep. Um, so Brother Francisco had reached out to me, um, and this was this would have been, um, yeah, January of my senior year, so um, uh, a few months before Tom and I were to get married. Uh, it was kind of a crazy time between, like, wedding planning and finishing up my, um, my last semester, and um, so Brother Francisco had reached out um, with the information for the retreat and um, said, yeah, by the way, I signed you up. And I was it was like, actually her Christmas All present. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, which was an awesome idea for a Christmas present. Yeah. So keep that in mind for next Christmas. Um, okay. That that's yeah. it. Not not for you specifically. Okay. But <laughs> in general, yeah. Um, yeah. for people that are hard to buy for, that's mm. not a bad idea. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so I knew nothing about it going into it. Um, and so my expectations were kind of... Not low, but just uninformed, kind of. So um, I knew there was an emphasis on, like, the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, but that's kind of all I had. Um, anyway, so I went into the retreat, like, you know, like, I, I was excited about it. But, um, um, yeah, it, the way it unfolded was was just really remarkable. Um, and, uh, like, a key aspect of the retreat is um, the small groups that we were split up into, um, so I was, I was put into a group of like five or six other young women and, um, throughout, you know, Friday and Saturday, there would be like, um, talks by other students or speakers or the other brothers. Um, and then we would split off into our small groups and, um, just kind of discuss the content of the talk and, and just open up more personally, hmm. um, which was awesome with being like such a. Yeah, such a small group of mm-hmm. um, of girls, and like we were all in a similar state of life, um, and so we could really open up pretty vulnerably to each other. Um, yeah, so just over the course of less than twenty four hours. Um, yeah, that is crazy when you yeah, think about it. Yeah, uh, it felt like we really got to know each other pretty deeply, um, and then Saturday night. Um, was uh was yeah two or three hours of yeah adoration yep i think it was three it, it generally goes to three it's scheduled for two but it like always that becomes three um you know so they had talked throughout the day that um during adoration you know we were we were to be like calling upon the holy spirit and invoking the spirit and you know asking for the gifts of the holy spirit and i had no idea what that was going to look like in my head i had a view of you know like um other kind of like charismatic um, you know, retreats and conferences and stuff, they get like maybe a little bit out of hand, a little bit showy. And, um, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily like, um, wary of that idea, but yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure how I would respond to yeah, it. It would have been new for you yeah. at that time. Cause you wouldn't yeah. have had anything like that really. Not in the least. Um, so, you know, I was, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so adoration begins and the Eucharist is exposed on the altar um, and everybody was, was circled up into their small groups, which was such a, yeah, a key, mm. a key mm-hmm. um, I didn't think about that. aspect. Yeah. So everybody's like circled up on their own little blanket with a box of tissues, um, <laughs> which was also <laughs> That's, yep. necessary. Um, and one by one, each, um, each one of us, like, so in, in our own group of girls, each, each young woman sat in the middle of um our own small circle and just you know like the lights were down it was like very dark um and everyone was being very quiet and intimate um and so there was no there was no ostentation there was no showiness it was mm-hmm. just like it was so quiet mm. um and so then the the girl who was in the middle of the circle just had an opportunity to just pour out the hardest and darkest parts of their life that needed prayer um 
And that's where the tissues came in. There was a lot of tears. Um, Because those are things you don't open up to, even to, you know, your closest friends or your parents or or anybody, really. You know, those are things that are just stashed away and pressed down until we think that they don't affect us anymore or we think that we've overcome them. Um, And this was such a special place to draw those things out um, and allow them to be spoken over and prayed over. Um, yeah. So as, as each of us, uh, kind of shared our hearts and tears and, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was real messy. Um, you know, then the other, then the other four or five people were just circling around and like laying hands on me and, and just praying out loud and taking turns and praying over me and calling on the Holy spirit. And it was, it was such a beautiful experience. Um, and one of the um one of the girls in particular um she was receiving she was receiving the gift of images which i had never heard of before mm-hmm. but it's a, apparently a thing mm-hmm. um and as she was praying over me she was saying you know i'm i'm like i'm i'm seeing just this this image this idea of um you know jesus just holding you and taking mm-hmm. care of you and like pressing you close to his heart um mm-hmm. and and she said a, a few other things um that were that were pretty meaningful and i didn't really know what they meant um, and yeah, it was, it was a really beautiful experience. And, um, and I remember at some point, you know, in this, in this, just, it really was like an experience of eternity really, hmm. because there was just, I mean, those two or three hours felt like oh, nothing. They're timeless. Um, yeah. It's wild. It was simultaneously it was, like unending and then yet like that yeah that's yeah. often how those things feel yeah so i remember like lifting my head at some point and just kind of like blinking out of the days a little bit and um looking around and at the other groups um and you know like everybody was quiet you couldn't hear what other people were saying but like i remember you know like some people were just very quietly like speaking in tongues some people were just laid out on the floor because they were you know slain in the spirit and half unconscious um <laughs> So I was like, okay, so yeah, there are things going on here. Um, Mm. But again, it wasn't showy. It wasn't like, um, yeah, it was, it was just very peaceful and real. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the spirit was moving in ways that I had never witnessed before. Um, So, you know, adoration um, kind of finished up and... You know, we had benediction and night prayer and people were kind of coming, coming back together and livening up a bit and, you know, tucking the tissues away. Um, and, and I was still feeling like a little bit of unrest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there had been um, a couple priests and brothers throughout the day, you know, leading up to adoration that were saying like, you know, if there's any part of you that feels like, you know, like you didn't receive the Holy Spirit or you didn't hear the voice of Christ, you know, like have somebody else pray over you, like come to one of the priests or the brothers and just, um, you know, just receive another voice. Um, because there's, there's not a case where God does not want to speak to you Hmm. and where the spirit doesn't want to enter into your heart. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So after, after adoration had finished up and I was just feeling like, I don't know. Like, it was incredibly powerful, but it still didn't seem, like, super personal to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I had seen other people receive all these gifts, and I felt like I hadn't received a particular gift of the Spirit. You know, I wasn't speaking in tongues. I wasn't, like, passed out on the floor. I don't know what it was supposed to look like or feel like. So, um, uh, I remember, yeah, I I brought that up to Brother Francisco as we were kind of decompressing a little bit from... Uh, the past three hours. And um, so he encouraged me again to, you know, find one of the, um, find uh, another monk and ask for some more prayer. So um, we set out um, at the time, Brother Cashin, now Father Cashin. um, And I kind of explained what I was, what I was feeling a little bit. Um, And he, he like, he probed into that a little more and it wasn't just like, okay, you're not feeling so good. Like, you know, um, And he, so he started asking me some questions, um, and then, and then prayed over me. And as he prayed, you know, um, just the, the presence of the spirit was so strong. And, um, and as he, as he prayed over me, he's like, you know, I feel, I feel like Christ is trying to tell me, he's giving me a word to tell you and it's, it's rest. Yes, it's rest. And he was like, you know, he was, it was so Mm. vivid to me that he was just like receiving that from the Holy spirit. Mm. Um, 
and he was telling me to like rest in Christ and rest in the spirit. And as he said that, you know, just then, then the waterworks started and I was crying again and it was, it was a grand old time. But, um, <laughs> as he said that, you know, and that linked up to, um, what the girl in my small group had said about, you know, like Jesus just holding me to his heart. Um, mm. and both of those images put together recalled to mind, um, a gift that I had given to Tom the summer prior mm. for his birthday. Mm. And um, I'm, like, moderately talented um, in the arts, like, a little bit yeah, dabble. Quite. I have not pursued it, really. Um, so I'll, I'll pick something up now and then. But it's something I like to practice, um, mm-hmm. but haven't really gotten a chance to. So, But um, over the summer, uh, when Tom's birthday had been coming up, I got this kind of out-of-the-blue idea while I had been praying. Um during adoration and i got this image in my mind of jesus just holding me on his lap like a little girl Mm -hmm. um and in my hands was tom's heart um and it was just like in that in that picture i was like this was the gift that christ had given me to Mm. hold and to protect and to Mm. care for and to like show tom the love of christ Mm. and so i get this all in like this image in my mind um and I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then I think it was a couple of weeks later that um, that I realized I wanted to draw it. Hmm. And that's not something that I would usually do or have like the confidence that I could do is draw people. Hmm. Um, and so I tried a couple of times and it was just not working. And it was like the day before Tom's birthday. And I sat down again and it just like, it just all came out and they look like people. And that's, <laughs> yeah. So small miracles. Um, this picture is still on my nightstand. It's beautiful. Yeah. So it all, it all came together. Um, and so I, I presented that to Tom for, for his birthday gift. Um, so that's been something that's been very special and meaningful to both of us. But um Anyway, so that came back to me all at once, you know, with with the image of, um, you know, Jesus calling me to like rest in him. And Mm. um, there was just more of an emphasis. You know, I I think I had considered it earlier as um, like the importance of like, you know, receiving, you know, Tom's heart to like hold and cherish. Um, But with this particular instance, I was drawn back to to contemplate more the idea of like, first, I have to rest with Christ. Like if I'm not if I'm not resting with Christ and receiving his love, I have no love to give. Mm -hmm. Um, And and just the idea that Jesus wants me to do that, like he wants to hold me and he wants me to relax and let him Mm -hmm. do the work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's something that I've struggled with for a long time in one way or another, just the idea that I have to um, perfect myself before coming to him. Right. Um, yep. You know, or get to a certain place in prayer before I'm acceptable to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, you know, kind of brought it, brought it back to um, the reality that we can't get anywhere without Christ and without surrendering ourselves to Christ first. Um and letting ourselves receive that love before we're able to give it um, to someone outside of ourselves. So um, anyway, so that was just a really beautiful experience and just feeling the presence of Christ so strongly in wanting to communicate something to me was mm-hmm. just such an incredible experience of, um, yeah, just, just feeling that personal love of Christ, which, I mean, we can, we can talk you know, up one side and down the other about Mm -hmm. like how much Christ loves each one of us. And it's true, but you know, it feels like it kind of gets lost in the sauce when we're at mass and we're like, okay, like Jesus is present in the Eucharist for all of us, each and every one of us. And you're looking around at the big church and it's like, yes, that's true. But would he really miss me if I wasn't here? Mm. Um, Yeah. Mm. And you so same with like Eucharistic adoration. Like, yes, Jesus is waiting in the Eucharist for us to come to him, but you know, he'd be just as happy if anybody else popped into the church to pray. Um, and just that idea that Christ wanted to communicate something to me mm-hmm. and he did, um, using, you know, multiple different people and experiences. And he had that one message for me and that was just, that was just so powerful. So, um, yeah, you were, you were right that there was yeah one particular instance and, um, well, 
I don't want to play it off like that's something that happens to me all the time because, no, right. you know, that is a, yeah, that was a really special moment for me. And I haven't received anything like that since then, but, um, you know, so I don't want to, I don't want to give the impression that I have like a super special traumatic prayer life because that's, that's not the case. But, um, yeah, it is, um, it was really significant though that, um, to recognize that that Christ wants to have those moments and uh, is trying to give that, mm-hmm. whether or not we're listening. Yeah, well, thanks, Johanna. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. that. Awesome. Jabbered on for a while. Hey, it's that's what that's the whole point of these things, right? Is to talk. <laughs> <laughs> People don't turn in to not expect us to talk. Sure. Well, they're like still life. But well, yeah. just like two comments on your story that I, um, I just really appreciate. One is um, I love that 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 the image that you drew for Tom actually came before the retreat, mm-hmm. right? Yes. But yeah, because of, of the way God's grace works and the Holy Spirit, that I definitely see that like how um, the woman in your small group and just your experience mm-hmm. at the United Retreat and Father Cashin's prayer over you um, could have been pre-applied um, yeah. to be able to give the gift to Tom at mm-hmm. the moment, even though you didn't know why. Yeah. And then he held it for a time when then it was actually also for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just like the idea of, of grace be coming to us at different moments. And I try to tell that to students a lot um, when they experience stuff or they don't. And that like, hey, just so you know that like this retreat will not encapsulate actually all that the prayer or what has happened tonight will yeah. actually mean for you. Because if you felt nothing, that doesn't mean nothing's ever going to happen. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And that it could like 10 weeks down the road, all of a sudden something, wow, and it was like, God was actually waiting for the time, like you were saying, when you would listen. Because yeah. maybe if that experience yeah. came that summer, mm-hmm. like the whole thing, maybe it wouldn't have done a whole lot for you. But it, you were able to be at a retreat, your heart through your vulnerability to your small group opened you up in a way that he actually could enter it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just thanks. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, okay. Uh yeah. Tom, do you want to... Yeah, I don't even know how to quite circle in after no pressure. like that. But it's not about <laughs> topping anyway, so no. it's not competition. It's just sharing. Oh, but, that... So yeah. just real quick, that mm-hmm. is a super, super important point. It is not about competition. Yeah. If prayer in the spiritual life was a competition, um, well, like, I mean, everyone would lose yeah. because, <laughs> um, like, no one can top <laughs> the holiness of Christ yeah. or the holiness of Our Lady, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so... Prayer is if if we compare or compete, yeah. um, we we lose all. We always lose yeah. if we try to compete. We always lose um, because it's trying to say the gift that God has chosen for that person is the gift I want or the way I should receive it. But your soul is created uniquely to receive grace only in the way He has desired for you to mm-hmm. receive it. So if like Johanna's story makes you like, wow, I have not experienced something like that. Yeah, and you won't because that was for Johanna. Mm-hmm. Just like an experience Tom might have will be completely different mm-hmm. because his soul was created to experience only what he was meant to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's just really important to put out there when we talk about these personal experiences because it's really hard to if we have not been in a personal experience like that mm-hmm. um, to be like, well, where's mine or why haven't I had it? Something like that is, well, one, keep praying. Sometimes the answer to prayer is to keep praying. Yeah. Um, but also don't assume that, oh, if they have it, that means they're more holy than I am. Mm-hmm. Not that, not at all. Yeah. So anyways, go ahead, Tom. Oh yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of talk a little bit about two different ones and I'll write off something that you just said, which is even if you don't feel it, keep praying. Um, because that's definitely goes back. So I'll, I'll go back to, it'll be, I guess my junior year of college and, I had uh, just gotten a certain level of fed up in this with a particular struggle that I was having in college. And it was a good time to like really just kind of hit hit that particular struggle harder mm-hmm. um, and not just keep trying to rely on myself. So the one big thing I kind of sought out that was probably different at that time was spiritual direction. Um, and my spiritual director called me, no surprise, to prayer (laughs) (laughs) wow news didn't see that coming (laughs) yeah father i was hoping it would be something something less obvious like uh yeah (laughs) self-flagellation you know like hiking the camino like Uh come on 
Yeah, yeah I was probably closer to self-flagellation anyway at that point in my life, even if it was more psychological than physical. Mm. So that's kind of where I was rather than actually taking that same energy and devoting it to prayer. Mm. Um, but the truth is, even when I started down that road of trying to um, achieve that like deeper conversion, I also just read a really great book called Deep Prayer, Deep Conversion, hmm. um, which is a good one to read, kind of specific to this topic. Um, but yeah, so there's, there was two books that were kind of my companions in that prayer journey. One, which was finding and maintaining peace by father Jacques Philippe, which or Philippe, Philippe, Philippe. Yeah. yeah. Um, excellent read. I've probably read it eight times now. Cause it's only like, I don't know, maybe a hundred pages long. Hmm. Um, it's, it's less than that. It's yeah. It's going to be like 90. I don't know. But anyway, it's, it's short because it's a small book. Um, and it was very, very helpful to sort of read, you know, meditate and then pray with that book and then the other one was uh he and i by um gabrielle bosses bosses and so yeah those two books were Mm. like super clutch to like helping start down that path and yeah it's just just to kind of hit on what you said there was no um immediate overnight like you know you know amazing experience that led to immediate conversion it was just that routinizing of that prayer that sort mm-hmm. of over time gave me the confidence to keep working more uh more you know truth truly at the uh, the struggle i was trying to get through at that time and again spiritual direction is part of that too it wasn't prayer is not one of those things even even though we need to commit to prayer internally and on our own like it's not something to probably just keep in kind of a quiet little box of your life it's something to yeah share uh, share about and and seek that encouragement and accountability and so that you can yeah, yeah you know maintain that uh that routine of prayer mm-hmm. um so that's that's really good um but uh kind of a somewhat similar experience to what you had talked about johanna which is um kind of different for me and and in even some ways it was kind of like little steps that led to like a larger experience was i got to work out at this camp um that I know Brother Francisco has yeah. talked about it numerous times the apostolate for family consecration, Catholic family, and back in 2014. So it was actually it was actually after my junior year of college. Mm-hmm. So I'd already, you know, praise God, kind of like really worked um, to devote myself to to more consistent prayer, uh, and I had already had you know some pretty amazing experiences in adoration stuff mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. the fact is that like you can have you can have those experiences, and it isn't like an insurance policy against still falling back mm-hmm. into sin. Yeah. You know, you can you can have these amazing transform you know, seemingly transformational experiences and maybe they really are. Um it's just again it's another it's another step in that path towards like achieving the 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 healing and conversion that we need to uh we need to seek. But yeah, so it was that summer that I got the benefit of uh daily daily rosary. Um daily uh hour in adoration both required daily mass um with uh some some fairly lengthy but really great homilies um yeah and if you uh, think we're long <laughs> um, we love you father kevin <laughs> uh, so yeah so it was, it was it was excellent and um and that was a, a time when i was you know again getting getting the opportunity to enter into adoration more more frequently and that was really beautiful and it, again it also it wasn't like you know, in a, in immediate, because a lot that, that adoration was less, um, you know, there, you know, it wasn't necessarily praise and worship involved. It was just quiet, contemplative mm-hmm. prayer right. with yeah. Christ. And I know that's a little closer to like what you get to experience. Mm-hmm. I know how powerful that is in your life. Um, and so that was a great, great summer for me to sort of, um, you know, just like fall in love with Christ in, in his presence in the Eucharist. That's why like, if anybody asked me today, I know we've, we've talked about this kind of recently, like, the fact is there 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 are challenges in the church you know with both the you know kind of the the struggles that we've gone through in the yeah. past um and and just even you know teachings that sometimes people are like why does the church believe that mm-hmm. you know and like the fact is like i don't have all the facts i don't have all the wisdom and and sure i can crack open the catechism and kind of you know read a line out yeah. of item but i may not always even understand what you know what the mm-hmm. substance is what the but what i do know is that christ is truly present in the eucharist and i believe that beyond the shadow of a doubt and that gives me the trust that even if i don't understand yeah that i believe um and that was really developed i think in that summer but kind of coming out of that um i guess technically it was the summer after that but i was getting ready to go to to start army training stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i just kind of knew you know it doesn't take a dodo to know that like <laughs> that's not gonna be fun it's not gonna be Shucks. easy it's gonna be hard some days um <laughs> Uh, I didn't know how hard it was going to be, but I remember being in adoration at 
family land, um, just like literally right up there um, with our Lord, you know, clinging to his cloak as they as they encourage, you know, us to do. Um, and just deciding in that moment, I was going to take a, a mental picture with me that I wanted to carry me through that next year. Hmm. Um, and I kind of even forgot about that. Like, and I remember like living in that moment. And like you said, if, if timeless felt like a small eternity, like a beautiful, I can still remember it like super, super hmm. really now. It's a beautiful picture that I think I'll always get to have. But yeah, so um and it was like it was like uh it was my um you know how galadriel gives the um uh the little the, the light of, of the deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah to to in dark places so that's it's it's comparable to that to me i feel like so i think it was um my fourth day into like team week stuff and i hadn't slept a single hour up to that point and mm-hmm. i was given an hour to sleep um like they basically had to get in into and i'd already been like it was like you know, 40 degrees and less rainy. I was soaked to the bone. I'd already hallucinated at day two. Um, I thought I saw our dad. It was pretty funny. Um, wow. It was, it was like this wild, wild week. Um, but yeah, like I had to get down in my foxhole. I was like filled with water, probably this deep. And, and I just, they're just basically like, you have an hour to sleep, you know? And I couldn't fall asleep. <laughs> That's so annoying. <laughs> Even though I'd been up for like four days straight, no sleep. That kind of stuff um, it's like but I just decided, I decided, you know what? I'm up. I pull out my 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 veal of uh, Aaron Aaron deal. What? what the feel of uh, Aaron deal? Yeah, 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 there you go. Thank Roughly. you. Feel Thank of Galadriel, light yes. of Aaron deal. There you yeah. go. <laughs> and and I did, and I just sat there, and I could with it was almost like maybe I was just hallucinating again, but I was fine with it if I was. <laughs> but I I was just back there mm. with Christ, mm. and it honestly like brought. Not that these things should just be like energy sources. But it still just invigorated me so much. It gave me so sense, such a sense of purpose in what I was doing. And because I was feeling very purposeless. I was feeling like, why am I doing this? Like, I yeah. could be at home with my family. I could be with people I love. And said, I'm out here doing, I don't even know what. You know, yeah, with people and, you barely tolerate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, um, and that just gave me hope that, like, you know, because I know my prayer is then, and as it still is to me, is like, the closer I am to Christ, the more confidence I have in every next step I take. Hmm. Like, I may not know if I'm going to take the, the right step, that if the next step that I take is the right step. But the closer that I am to Christ and the closer that my heart is to Christ, like, he will walk with me. Like I said, just relax. Seed, seed the, the authority to him. And he still calls us to that confident next step, mm-hmm. you know. And that's, you know, but like to do so with that trust, you know, mm-hmm. and to just be held by him. Um, so I remember that being a very powerful experience for me and like it gave me so much like even in the midst of like what was arguably the toughest week of my life was like it actually filled me with a lot of joy and I had to go around and wake up like 25 other dudes after that I was given that responsibility so I was like definitely not like everybody's (laughs) anyone's favorite (laughs) um but uh, I did so pretty joyfully and, and and I came back and I was good and I was uh I mean yeah again it was it was just a blessing to be able to take I guess a mental picture of yeah. a moment that um, gave me a lot of energy and, it's, and it still does, you know. So adoration is awesome and mass is awesome. I love sharing, uh, you know, when, when priest elevates the Eucharist at mass with, yeah. our, with our kids now, Philip and Gemma, man, it's Jesus. Say yep. to Jesus. Tell, tell little one-year-old Gemma to blow a kiss to Jesus. Uh-huh. It's precious. Everybody else thinks it's cute too, so you just there, you win yeah, those you, parent points. Yeah, yeah that helps. But, Anyway, what, yeah. Before so. you, I know you said you might have a second story. Oh, those were the two. The, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. bringing, mm-hmm. oh, so yep. it's two stories, but one story. Two, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, yep. Well, it, what you said reminded me, well, there's two things again. Yeah. Um, one is what you talked about, that mental picture of the memory sustaining mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is really, really also important for us to do in prayer. Mm. Um, it's actually why I keep mm-hmm. a journal of mm. prayer is because um, as humans, we really only remember the things like that make us feel sometimes um or but we're constant there's so many things that just constantly strive for our attention Mm -hmm. um that we forget or we begin to doubt like you were saying johanna like something why you remember is because you just can't doubt its authenticity its Mm -hmm. reality but that's the whole devil's game is to make us doubt the true experience of prayer so if we hold that mental image or we write it down like in the time where we actually know it's real Hmm. it can be really powerful for us in times where we begin to doubt Christ's presence or begin to doubt that God has ever actually done something in our life. That's a real, um, something, uh, Ignatius talks about that in his discernment or his, uh, Ignatius exercises, his rules for spiritual directors he says in desolation, um, we're, we're told constantly by the evil one, 
this is how it is and this is how it has always been and this is how it will always be. Um, so that you have always been in desolation, you will always be in desolation. All those things that happened were fake. Um, but taking true mental pictures so that when you're in kind of a physical and probably spiritual desolation oh, yeah. at that point, yeah, yeah. you can bring that moment in. Yeah, I remember crying. Remember yeah. Like, like just weeping because I was like lonely. And, you know, and it's just, it brought me so much peace and solitude, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the second thing is if you look at um, Mark's account of the calling of the disciples, um, he says that Christ calls the disciples first to be with him mm. and then to go out, mm. uh, which he's the only one who actually records it like that, which is really cool. Oh, that's neat. And um, <laughs> until this year, I, um, I took, well, I guess last year I took a class on that gospel of Matthew and Mark and father Nathaniel was very clear on saying like, that is super important. He first calls the disciples to be with him, to know him, to experience him, to then go out. And I just kind of, in your story, Christ in adoration called you first to be with him. Yeah. So that when you were away, in a way, You're right. he was You're still, right. still strong. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. neat. Hmm. Yeah, and I'll add to that, too, that um, even if a particular experience of prayer doesn't seem, like, earth-shattering, um, that is still worth taking a note of or even, like, you know, journaling mm-hmm. to, like, basically writing a letter to Jesus. Um and then, you know, just seeing what flows from that. Mm. Um, and that's something that I would do more often um, when I was studying abroad in Spain. And um, and these weren't like lengthy notes or anything, but there's so many churches in Europe that, yeah. you know, I would just like pop in one for 10 minutes or 15 minutes here and there, like as I was walking. Um, and, you know, as I was praying before the tabernacle, you know, sometimes like me and Jesus would just have this little dialogue that... Mm-hmm. You know, and it, I wasn't I wasn't sure if it was the voice of Christ or just, you know, my own inner thoughts, hmm. um, because those things sound very similar. Hmm. But, you know, if I had like a little back and forth that was like, oh, that kind of made sense, <laughs> I would jot it down. Mm-hmm. And it was more than once that like I would be having a conversation later and something would come up and I was like, wait a minute. Um, and I would like pull out my notebook and I was like, (laughs) this is okay. So, and then I would like type out, you know, if I was like talking to Tom or messaging Tom on the phone or something, you know, I would type out like what it felt like Jesus had spoken to me and that would resonate with him. Mm -hmm. And I would realize like, even though it didn't really feel like much at the time, like that was still the voice of Christ and he wanted to pass something along in just like the quietest and smallest of ways. Um, allowed me to hear that um and to let you be a messenger too yeah like that's the thing yeah. is like there are a lot of people who aren't taking that time to come close to christ mm-hmm. um and yeah. he's he's gonna he wants them as like what you said you know there's this temptation to think that we're you know we're kind of a dime a dozen you know we could like whether we're at mass or whether in adoration mm-hmm. doesn't really matter but he wants he wants everyone to be there the ones that are there, though, he's probably gonna be like you are. You are my vehicle, you know, and, yeah. and I need yeah. you to to bring me to the others. other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I need you to bring the person that isn't here to let them know I want them here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that's pretty cool. You can yeah. wake them out of the slumber, huh. like you were doing after you experienced your revitalization. Oh yeah, right? yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The slumber of unbelief. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, mm-hmm. something the saints talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, cool. Thanks, that was guys. good. Thank yeah. you. Um, well, actually. I'm going to ground out the trifecta. Um, so, uh, oh, yeah. So, give you a turn. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I'll talk about two separate experiences um, pretty briefly. So the first also happened at an Ignite retreat, mm-hmm. actually a uh, different year though. This happened, I guess, two years ago. Mm. Um, so I was yeah, a monk um, and monks aren't assigned to any specific small group. Um, they kind of... Uh, kind of mosey around the room to mm-hmm. see if any of the small groups need support for extra prayer um or if they yeah if sometimes to just get like get pulled in be like hey like this person's like they're mm-hmm. struggling a lot like we could use like an just an extra voice or an extra presence um so at this particular night retreat actually there was a ton of stuff that happened so i won't go into all of it there's just mm-hmm. one specific um experience um near the end um i kind of thought i was sort of done and I had been praying over this one guy, and he actually rested in the spirit. So I was just kind of sitting there. But then I saw next to him, there was another guy laying there. And I thought, oh, you know, he's resting in the spirit too. 
But then I actually noticed he was shaking, like uncontrollably. And that's not normal. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's like, it looked more like convulsive yeah. rather than like, you know, the spirit always comes with rest. Mm -hmm. And even though sometimes the spirit comes with agitation, it's a positive one to like mm -hmm. desire us to move, not like, like disturbing. Like laughter or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Not like fear. Joy. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. this, this was definitely mm -hmm. something like more dark. Um, so, and someone was already praying over him. So I went to pray. And as soon as I touched him, he was like cold. It was like kind of scary. And the room was like a thousand degrees. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is no, no boy now. So I just praying over him for a really long time. And I love that you talked about your experience of adoration where, um, we did the same thing as yeah. you have like a demonstrance on the altar and then you drape down like cloth, mm -hmm. um, from it. So you can hold the cloth, just like the woman in both the gospel of Matthew and Mark, who says, all I need to do is touch the hem of his cloak yeah, to be yeah. healed. Um, so we actually didn't have them. They were not very long because the, when I asked the person to set it up, they didn't really get what I was telling them to do. <laughs> so I actually had to like, I was holding the foot of this kid and then reaching out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I was like, like arms stretched out yeah, yeah. to do it. But I just like needed to hold on to that cloth. Yeah. Um, in order to just know that like I was holding on to Christ as yeah. I was praying for this kid. Um, and as I was doing, I just, in my, in my mind, I just more and more just felt the need to just gaze on this guy and just like to look at him. So I was doing that and just praying. And after a while he like started breathing normally, he calmed down, he stopped shaking, stopped crying. And, um, he sat up and as soon as he did, I just like looked at him and I actually could not stop looking at him. Wow. And literally, it was almost as if everything around just kind of went dark. Wow. And I gazed at him and gazed at him, and I couldn't blink. Wow. Um, hmm. It was it was and it was nuts. And I, and I started telling him like, Jay, I can't stop looking at you. Huh. Like I don't know why, I just can't. <laughs> and then he he actually hadn't been looking at me for a while, huh. and he finally did, and he just he said, What's going on? and it was it was so weird i didn't feel the compulsion to blink mm -hmm. yeah. or anything and i just kept on saying this is how jesus sees you this is how jesus sees you and that's in, in my heart and what the lord was showing me was like and he was also telling me at the same time as i was giving it to this kid mm. was like from the, this was the gaze of christ on the cross mm. for him but it was also the gaze of christ on the cross for me that he was so like enraptured with love for me mm. while on the cross that he couldn't even look away for a second, huh. even while in pain. Wow. Um, That's pretty awesome. So, yeah, that was, it was, yeah, it's a super powerful experience. And then later when they gave testimonies, he came up and he said, I don't know what else to say other than I actually saw the face of Christ. Wow. Um, so that's a different form of experience of prayer in that, like, it was prayer for someone else, but through me, but yet at the same time also for me. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, one super powerful. The second one. Um, it's actually just from like four days ago. Oh, let's go. Um, so, uh, hot off the press. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we were at the seek conference, um, and it was the adoration night and I will be perfectly honest, um, going into adoration with all these people and knowing like, wow, you know, this is super powerful. And a lot of people have amazing experiences and my own from seven years ago was the most powerful experience I've ever had in my life, which I will just have a whole other episode on that. Um, I was like, I don't know what. I didn't even know what to even think as I was walking in there. Like, and my last two months have just been super weird, hmm. um, especially in prayer. So I just, I kind of felt kind of a disconnect, but mm -hmm. also like, like a valid disconnect that like some of the stuff I had been thinking and doing in my life recently that like I didn't deserve sort of to be connected to Christ. Um, and as I was trying to pray, just like all these things were going on. So I finally just kind of prayed to the Holy Spirit that he like, if he wanted to do something to kind of move and I've been praying on and off about different things and then something very strange, like I just felt, you know, so I've been, I had my journal out and uh, I hadn't done anything with it and I kind of felt a compulsion to like, to write. Yeah. So, you know, open my journal, took out my pen, but then I felt a compulsion to know, like close your eyes and write on your hand. Um, like, but just like random letters, yeah. okay. um, but without looking. Huh. So, and so I closed my eyes and just like, I would feel like a compulsion, like the letter T. So I would, without looking, I'd write it on a place in my hand and then be like, and sit there for a minute and oh, so I'd write it on a different part of my hand. I felt like kind of compulsion. So after like a couple of minutes of this, yeah. I felt it was like done. Like, okay. And then 
again, felt kind of the Holy Spirit say, okay, now look at your hand and write out what appears, but like in order from like top of your hand to the bottom of your hand. And I was like, okay. So I did. And it it came out as just like gobbledygook. Like there was no, like no message. Right. And then I was like, okay, bet this is a challenge. Like (laughs) unscramble it, puzzle, like the Lord knows how I work. Like, so I started, um, so I had my notebook. So Mm -hmm. I was like starting to unscramble some of the letters and I actually got, there's 13 and I used, uh, I guess, when it was 14, I used 12 of them to, to, uh, interpret God lift us four, but then nothing came out. Like there was no, the other two letters were an F and an M. Um, and I was like, well, there's nothing, whatever. Like, so I was sitting there for a long time and then, then the Lord spoke and I had to write it down. So I have it right here. My love is not something you have to unscramble. I give it simply no hidden messages, no deciphering, no secret code. I'm not a puzzle to solve. I'm a father to know. And like that. Okay. Yeah. And so I was just like, holy cow. Like, man. Okay. Um, and I think that's kind of where I had realized I've been like the last few months is like in my own heart. Um, like I'd taken solemn vows. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like the puzzles should be solved. Right. Mm-hmm. I should like the difficulty in my life, all of those things should be taken care of, but I'm still struggling with dryness or disconnect. And like, it must be something I have to figure out about God in order to do it. Mm. And he's just like, no, you just have to know me. Mm. Um, wow. So that's pretty awesome. Come on. Oh, we have a, a new, a new guest. <laughs> wow. That, Nap time that is just, over. yeah, that kind of, I feel like parts of that make sense with both, you know, what Johanna was saying, what I was just saying, like, you being the vehicle in your first story, you know, for mm-hmm. Christ's love, like this young man, whatever it may have been, that was even though he was physically there, you know, even though he's physically there, he he still needed you to be that messenger. Uh, hold one uh, one second, everyone. Come here, Philip. Yeah, yeah. Come, here. come on, Goose. Yeah, you can come okay. right here. What are we doing? We're doing a podcast. Do you want to sit here? Philip yeah. just woke up from a nap. Can you wave and say hi? That way. Hi. To them. Hi. The camera. That's a camera. There you go. Anyways, Daddy, Daddy was talking. Yeah, we were talking about prayer, buddy, okay? Yeah. Um, Uncle Sam was telling us about a really special time of prayer he had with, with Jesus. But yeah, your first story, just that you were becoming that uh, that vehicle to get to this young man, Jay, you know, and that he needed um, he needed somebody else there, too, you know, where two or more are gathered in his mm-hmm. name. Um and so that's just pretty awesome because I th- and I think that also is kind of a little bit of your story too is that like you have been such a a, a vehicle of God's love to me because there's been so much of my heart that I like have tried to unscramble in the past and try to rationalize and I just can't you know we Sam and I both have uh, strategic at our mm-hmm. skills which I think yep. is like that un- is literally like what strategic is meant to do yeah is yeah unscramble to, to, and solve. Un- to 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 rationalize to make it logical yeah. and sensible and there's parts of my heart there's parts of my you know my uh my struggles which just haven't made sense over the years mm-hmm. and um and i think that's always been something that i've 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 struggled to to give back to god mm-hmm. um so yeah that's 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 pretty awesome yeah but intercessory prayer has like has a way of unscrambling things and like as you as you speak words over somebody else, they start to make sense in your own mm-hmm. mind, and you you receive somebody else's words. It's like hearing the voice of Christ sometimes, and mm-hmm. um, that's something that I've had to learn. Uh, I, I think it depends a little bit on, um, at least for Catholics, it depends on what kind of circles you grow up with. But I know a lot of people who are really uncomfortable with yeah. like spontaneous prayer or praying out loud, mm. um, and that's something I had to learn at my non-Catholic school. Um, <laughs> you know, and just the the groups that I was in, I was in situations where I was expected to pray out loud mm. and to pray for others' intentions, and I had to learn real quick um, and on my feet, and it was pretty awkward. <laughs> but um, there's so much power in that mm. that. Yeah, man, I know. I know it makes people uncomfortable, but like that's not something we can ignore. And I don't think it's really Mm. something to say like, oh, I just don't like that kind of prayer. Like, Mm. I think we're called to it as Christians. Um, And especially for like Tom and Tom and myself, like within our marriage (laughs) and with our children, um, like, you know, we're not we're not always super consistent about it, but like the power of praying over each other mm. and praying out loud together, um, especially like at our lowest moments, 
and when we're just really struggling with something in the day-to-day, you know, grind of mm-hmm. parenthood and home ownership and everything that comes with mm-hmm. those things mm-hmm. and just marriage in general. Um, yeah, like the, the, the grace of marriage and um, like how Christ wants to work in a relationship to call both people to himself, you know, that, that all just comes um, flowing out you know, when we pray over each other, especially, and when we're like, you know, praying for the Holy Spirit and Christ to work within each other and to heal each other. It's like, it's, it's unmatched. Yeah. Um, mm, yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you guys. Oh, thank you, Brother Francisco. And well, thank you, Philip, for joining us. Do you have anything to say about prayer, bud? Okay. Okay, that's fine. Well, uh, thank you all for uh, joining us for our first hour-long episode. Whoops. Um, yeah. Well, no, that's awesome. Great. And uh, no, prayer is worth talking about for an <laughs> oh, hour. Oh, yeah. that's true. Or um, a few. Yeah, honestly, for longer, much longer, I your have whole life. Something for talking about trains. Okay. okay. Oh. Well, we'll save well, that for okay. another episode. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> um, well, God bless you all. Um, we're going to talk about more like prayer in general, um, like and specifics trains. And, and trains. Yeah. I hope. Um, and some specifics about maybe struggles in prayer mm-hmm. or um, how to do some things more practically or how your own um, like vocation or your own also, dispositions, airplanes. passions. Sure. Airplanes. Your own positions and, and your even your call in the church mm-hmm. um, might suit you or incline you towards a certain that? type of prayer and how to do that. So that? look for those episodes coming up in the future. Um, and yeah, thanks Tom and Johanna and Philip for being with us today. Anytime. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. God bless you all. Uh, have a good rest of your day. Take out. Bye.